This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. Diversity in casting is needed. It's needed everywhere in Hollywood. We've been thinking about it and talking about it a lot recently, but I think it's been an issue that most people would agree. It's been an issue forever, and we need to continually just fix it. Fix it. Constantly think it. Think about it. Think about diversity in your casting. I don't think it's something that I think a lot of people will fall back onto is like, who's the best for the job? Are we only thinking, really, are we only casting for uh, due to race or diversity? Well, who cares? Just keep an open mind. I think more casting calls shouldn't even ask for one thing. It should just be who is going to be the best for the part. And that's what it should come down to. You know, I think even I'm going to be bold as somebody that has never finished a screenplay to say that, like, maybe when we write our screenplays, we should take in some sense, unless it's absolutely necessary. But for big blockbuster movies or just like genre films, remove remove like the them having to be a certain race because there's so many parts out there that it doesn't matter if they're white or anything. All it matters is that, that the character is well-defined in the writing. It doesn't matter. So you should always, in casting, keep an open mind that this character could be any race. Could be anything. Could be straight, gay, whatever. I'm just, we've all heard it. I'm no, I'm no scholar about it or, or great speaker, but I think diversity casting is something that we need to all keep in mind. Even from the small shows you do locally to the big blockbusters, we should keep those open, uh, keep an open mind about that and keep striving for it. Even if it means you don't get the part, but the, you know, who cares? It'll, it'll benefit us all. We'll definitely touch on that in this episode with my guest. Immediately after this episode, I went home and I downloaded a picture of the cast of Sesame Street. Um, For me, I did that just to remind myself that diverse casting is possible. I think there's so many stupid reasons why people keep fighting against it or making excuses, but Sesame Street, which was from 1970s, and it's been a success ever since, has proven that Diverse casting is possible and it's lucrative. It's beneficial for everybody. That's all I got to say about that. We should keep keeping our diverse casting going and fight that great battle. Um, But let's get to this great episode with my wonderful guest, very funny comedian and improviser, Mary Sasson. (laughs) 
All right, <laughs> we are here with Mary Sasson. Hello! And we just watched Follow That Bird. Yes. Uh, before we get into the experience of seeing this movie for the first time, give our listeners a synopsis of this film since you've seen it before. Okay, so this is a Sesame Street movie. Uh, so it takes place in Sesame, Sesame Street universe. Uh, <laughs> and it starts off with this uh, group called The Group of Feathered Friends, and they place birds in bird families. And the birds bring up the fact that Big Bird, the six-year-old bird that none of them know, uh, is an orphaned bird, they feel. He li- he's six years old, he lives all by himself, and they're like, oh, how sad. So Miss Finch, this one bird, very domineering bird, decides that she will go place Big Bird in a home. So she goes to Sesame Street. Big Bird is more or less happy. He does at one point. Um, it seems like he could use uh, a bird friend. But she approaches him and says, wouldn't you love to live in a bird family? And Big Bird has this, you know, imagination of this, what a bird family would be. And so he says, you know, I would like that. So he leaves Sesame Street and everyone's very sad. And, you know, very kind of, you know, sad that he thinks he doesn't have a place on Sesame Street. But he's excited for this idea of this bird family. He gets placed in this family called the Dodos, who are comically (laughs) dumb they're weird. Um, they like have a riding lawnmower, but they don't understand you're supposed to get on top of the lawnmower. So they just like let it run free, and every once in a while it chases them. Yeah. Um, so Big Bird goes and lives with them, and he quickly finds out like, oh, this is not like the world I want to live in. They can't play make believe. They they firmly believe that Bert, Big Bird is excited to go have Snuffleupagus come visit him. And uh, they say, no, you can only have friends with birds. There's an ongoing theme with this idea of you can only be with your own kind. Yeah. And those are the only people who can truly understand <laughs> you and be your friends and family. So Big Bird decides to run away. And then it's on the news that this you know, eight-foot bird is running away. And so then we have the members of Sesame Street break into groups to try to find him. We have Miss Finch trying to track him down and bring him back to the Dodos. Yeah. And then later on, we find this other two group of these sleazy con men who run carnivals and all these kind of scams want to find him to put him in their carnival. So the, the three groups are trying to find Big Bird. Big Bird has his little adventures. They sing some wonderful songs. And uh, this con men find him first. They put him in their act. They paint him blue, and he's the bluebird of happiness. He's very sad by this. Then some kids alert. Is this all you wanted? <laughs> this feels like a I'm lot. letting okay. you go. I love that you're just. This is so into it. Um, eventually, they get Big Bird back. He goes back to Sesame Street, and then Miss Finch. Uh, finds him and says, like, you gotta come back. And then we learn the lesson of there's all kinds of people at Sesame Street and all of them feel welcome and all of them are happy. Yeah, and there's a different, they're they're family. Yes. Your family isn't always dependent on just the same people. Yeah, how you look or, you know, who you are. Even family isn't necessarily, you know, blood. Yes. I think a lot of those Very progressive thought. Yeah. Really. Before even modern family. Very (laughs) progressive. Before even modern family. Before we had those photos turning into photos, (laughs) we had Paul that bird. But it was, I I had seen this movie a lot, but even watching it from the lens of uh, an adult, there are a lot of things that Sesame Street is ahead of its time with. I would I 100% agree with you. I mean, you were pointing out just the diversity of the cast. Like, it was mostly non-white. 
Yeah. I mean, Bob is like the only white guy in it. And I think they maybe had the one other white guy that that, that died, the older man who died eventually. Mr. Hooper? Was that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's who owns the grocery store, I believe, is Mr. But Hooper. But he was white, right? He was white. He was an older white then man. The guy that, and, then, and then I know they have like a Chinese guy that now runs the store. They eventually maybe, runs yeah. the store. I'm not as they, up to date with what's going I'm on with Sesame Street now. I know there is like now a Muppet who is HIV positive. That really? That's a thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know, know if it's everywhere I mean, I, I or if it's just in awesome. Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, that Bubba got AIDS. <laughs> or the disease at least AIDS. Um, but yeah, they'll do a lot of things like that where I think, I'm sure there are Muppets who have same-sex parents. Yes. Um, and I think I'm, I, the little bit I know even of Sesame Street is that one of the big things they said is they wanted to have a neighborhood that was representative of... Mm-hmm. A neighbor, a street in New York City. So this is this looks like a sh- if you lived in New York City, you would it would look like your street. Yeah. I think that like the diversity of it is just like yeah, if you live in a, any street, Manhattan, New York City. There's diverse people. Yes. It's not you're not gonna it's not gonna be like me growing up in Utah where <laughs> all white. Yeah. It wasn't until maybe Katrina or maybe when there was that those refugees from. Um, Africa that came over to the U.S., that's when Utah got uh, a oh, diverse. Oh, interesting. It's because there was a bunch that came to Utah to stay. And because Mormons were sponsoring them? or I think yeah, some people were at least assisting them while they lived because I remember yeah. they lived in Salt Lake City. And that was like when there became a little more diverse. Yeah. There actually was diversity in Utah. There's something about where <laughs> refugees get placed that's always very interesting. There's like a large Somali refugee population in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? And I knew someone who like worked with Somali refugees and we like played Salt with them one time like the little kids but it was like why Pittsburgh? I wonder if it's because you, if because they're, they're probably have low funding for them I can't, they, they're not maybe it's a, cheaper to yeah, put them in Pittsburgh than think, New York City or yes. something you know I think that's it has to yeah. be cost efficient and yeah. to put I mean, them because in Utah sense. it's going to be lower rates for, for homing for yeah. homes and stuff or yeah or even if just like that could be where the organization was but yeah I do think that it's like oh it's cheaper to put them here than be like welcome to America yeah. you are got to find a place in Manhattan yeah or like <laughs> welcome to LA yeah. hope you guys hope you refugees can <laughs> afford a thousand dollars a month yeah, yeah, like yeah. that would be insane yeah that'd be the worst circumstance yeah that is true yeah that's the i can think of is what it would be but yeah i think this that that is the great thing that's always been good about sesame street is how ahead of its time is and how open um, it is about um talking about certain things without even i never and maybe i'm on the spectrum of more fines but it never felt preachy to me I don't think it ever has been in, either. Yeah. Even that there was like Linda is deaf, but it never, it always just felt like this is, this deaf person is here. We're not showing off this deaf person. Yeah. We're not like, Hey, everybody look. But even there's like a moment in it where they're looking at a map and they're all deciding where to go. And everybody knows sign language mm-hmm. on Sesame street. It's plain. It's evident. Um, and that's even interesting of like, Oh, like it's in some ways a utopian world, but also it's not like, it's still gritty and even like where Big Bird lives it looks like a house had fallen down yeah (laughs) and this Big Bird took up that spot like it's not like they're not in like uh, Upper East Side, you know, New York City. It's like a the street still looks dirty. Place. Yeah. yeah, it totally looks like a dirty street. It's not like polished or anything. Yeah, like that. which is like, oh, that's so like all the choices. I think are so cool within yeah. Sesame Street. I would agree. I, I think most now new kid shows have left a lot of what it makes Sesame Street great behind. Yeah, because and I want to get into that a little more uh, as we go because I think. 
I think now kids stuff is too safe in my opinion. Like even Sesame Street in this with the grouch, they acknowledge that like you can be a grouch. Like you're gonna have moments in your life where you're fucking grouch. Yeah. We're not gonna hide it from you. It's just part of it's like everything's part of that street. There like now I feel like we're in this age where it's like kids have to be positive all the damn time. Yeah, or we never see... You don't see a lot... And I watch a lot of kids programming because I nanny, mm-hmm. but you don't... I mean, you just have moments of the better ones will show a character getting angry. Okay, that's but, good. But, you know, it's less so. And even... I mean, this is... PBS, I think, is such a good you know station, obviously. But Mr. Rogers talked a lot about, like, sometimes you will get angry. And yeah. here's how you handle anger. Because as a kid, it's just like you can just gloss over... Those ideas are even presented as only bad guys get angry. Yeah. Because what a recipe for confusing kids about emotions. And it's just like, only bad people get angry. It's like, no, everybody gets angry. Yeah. And I think that can be very confusing when you're growing up because you would get, like, even I remember times in kid when you feel certain when you feel embarrassed by it, but it's yeah. like, no, that's normal. And yeah. these shows used to tell you, no, it is normal to have all this different A gamut variation. of emotions. Yes. And even Maria, being an adult, a good adult, had, she was yelling at Oscar the Grouch a lot. <laughs> she was so angry. <laughs> she was so mad at Oscar the Grouch. But, you know, where it is, it's just like, yeah, this is a good adult, but she's mad. You yeah. Know? Um, before we go further, I have the, the second question I'd like to ask is, because I come to you and you asked you what, what to choose a movie. Why did you choose Follow That Bird? And why did you want me to see that movie? Uh, I st- like when people say like what's your favorite movie I will often put this in the category of <laughs> wow. oh, Follow That Bird I will say a lot like Follow That Bird Land Before Time um, Pretty Woman is usually one of them uh, It's a Wonderful Life I just think that it's like and even when you're watching again it's such a good movie I think that it and part of it is I think that I skew towards I love kid stuff but I also love like it's legitimately funny um, yeah, it's well gags. it stands up it was made in 1985 and I think it's one of those movies where it's like you've either never seen it and maybe not heard of it or you've seen it and you love it and it might be when you were introduced to it if you were introduced to it I had a lot of older siblings so I think like movies like Peach Dragon which was like bigger in like the 70s or 80s uh-huh. I would watch whereas I think other people who didn't have older siblings maybe it didn't get filtered down to them yeah um, but I just think it's like such a good movie and I love being like, you need to see this movie because it's so fun. It is a fun movie, and I, I think it is what exactly what it's it sought out to do is it just took Sesame Street and just blew it up to, to for a big screen. And it is just like how I was thinking about when I was watching this. How rare is it that a TV show can make a good movie? Yeah, it's hard. I even think this, even though it succeeds, there's moments where I'm like, oh, this is just. A segment of Sesame Street that just they made long. Yeah. And it's like sketches from Sesame Street just making up this movie, um, which I don't fault it for. I just I acknowledge yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It, to me, there is like a difference between this and like the Muppet movies. Okay. Because to me, this still feels like it's educating in the way that Sesame Street does throughout. Because there was like a lesson or because Yes, there's like a bigger lesson to be made and it's less, to me, so it feels still like uh, Sesame Street versus Muppet movies are just Strictly to me, these are movies. They just happen that our stars are Muppets. Yeah, I would be interested to see, I mean, or hear, like, what the... I think everything I understand about the Sesame Street, the people in charge, are, like, they think of everything. And I think that, like, all the details, they really pay attention to mm-hmm. the details. And I wonder if they specifically even have, like... I like movies where it's like, well, how do we get in all the fun that we can? So yeah. whether it was like, okay, it's a road trip movie... 
Like, it's that genre, but it's like the plot is loose enough that we can have the most fun with a Burton Ernie song, a sketch about Grouch, you know, a Grouch restaurant. Yeah. Um, while still it's seeming like a cohesive plot. But then also there was a mo- there's little moments I would notice this when they're trying to get Big Bird out of this cage that they like cut to a moment of Grover like wriggling the bars a yeah. super Grover and I was like oh I wonder even if they were like we need to keep kids attention and the tension of this is almost for adults and kids know oh no something's happening but let's put this funny little aside so that your six year old who's watching this movie. Is like, oh, this scene is fun, and look at this little moment yeah. kind of thing. I think you're right. I think a movie like this, because it's it's not a movie like, I think, where the Muppets... I'm just using that because they're yeah, yeah. from the same creator, of course, yeah. of Henson. But a Muppet movie feels like it's really not geared for kids. I think it's a little... It's like almost like, eh, we want to get you a little higher up. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe I haven't seen those movies in a long time, but I... The caper, I'm like, this is a little smarter for just a kid's movie, right? And, and I, yeah, I am not as well versed in the, honestly, even the Muppet universe as I am in, like, the Sesame yeah. Street universe. But it, yeah, it is, but even, I love the kids' movies that will, like, scaffold jokes. Uh, you have to, I think, and to things, get the you audience. Know, the parents and everything there. But this one for me, and, I, and again, I, I don't say this is a fault, it's just what I think it is, is that this one's geared specifically for kids. Like, I think it was made... Like, we yeah, want to give yeah. kids that love Sesame Street a movie experience with Sesame Street. Then what we're going to do is try to make enough that we could actually keep the parents yeah. in their seats versus the other way around. And I just think it's, like, the difference between a, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a bad kids thing or a bad kids movie. Uh, like, maybe even, like, Angry Birds. I've heard people say, like, the Angry Birds movie is infuriating. Really? <laughs> or <laughs> surprised. that versus where it's just like, oh, this will just be candy for kids. Yeah. Versus, like, a Pixar movie, which I think is so great, where you can, as a kid, I remember watching it as a kid being like, oh, this is so great, but, like, now watching it as an adult being like, oh, what a, like, universal theme of Toy Story of it sucks to be replaced. Yeah. And that is a big fear we have, and that is, like, a very human fear. And I think that this, like, this movie to me is, like, while I think that, like, I love a silly joke of... There's a in the Grouch restaurant. The one of the people working at the restaurant in the beginning of it just throws a trash can of trash (laughs) into the parking lot, and that's yeah. In the Grouch universe, that's how you get rid of trash. Like, I love that that it is of like, well, if this is true, what else is true about this world? But also that it's like, oh yeah, this was like this gave you couldn't have made a an adult Sesame Street movie. Not at all. There's no reason. It would have been what a weird bait and switch. Yes. For all the kids who are like, why is Ernie? <laughs> like, that would have been insane. I yeah. think that, like... I don't think... It would have done a disservice to the, the, the actually, the yes. product that was created. But what a... I think that, like, what a credit to the writers to make a funny, interesting movie for adults, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, like you said, they, they do follow that, if this, then what else, and they just heighten it to a fun degree, where you can still, like, we were both laughing through this and going, that that's a, all these gags that just yeah. depend on, like, this is the world we're in briefly, we're going to just do as many gags as we can. And a lot of that. times it was just even, like, an aside from a character that's almost just feels like extra ADR, they just oh, yeah. added in <laughs> some joke of, there's a moment where... Bert and Ernie are flying in a plane, and Ernie's singing the song and getting distracted. And at the last moment, he convinces Bert to have fun with it. Uh, and then there's later, and he goes, when they they lost, 
they were following Big Bird closely, and then while you know Bert was flying, they lose him, and Ernie goes, "You lost him, Bert, when you were singing." And he's like, "Wait, you got me into doing that." And there's a moment that just starts the scene, and they're just panning through, and Bert goes, "And that's how uh, no Ernie goes, and that's how Bert lost Big Bird." Yeah, it's such a fun, it's and I think that's so classic funny. their relationship with yeah. all the small sketches you would see on Sesame Street with between those two. It was yeah. always seems like that was. Ins- Right up in the vein of them. They yes. just heightened it to a sillier this degree. This is their game. Yeah. And I think they all have such a strong game that it's just like, yeah, where do you put the grouch? Yeah. Where can we put... I mean, the count's game is pretty shallow. <laughs> he just counts. He counts. And he had, and he was sent alone in his own car, I think, yeah, just simply because he, he counts. he by himself in a big ca- castle. <laughs> like, maybe there's more to count than we need to know, but... Right. Or they're just, like, going, yep, that's what a Dracula does. Yeah, yeah, uh, this is what a nice Dracula does. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned while we were watching it that Telly was the character... They, you, I, yeah, I don't know why growing up, and most of this is weird. I didn't really watch Sesame Street um, on television growing up. Oh, interesting. So the way I watched it, though, is that we were a family um, of VHS, a VHS family. Okay. So we had, we, we would have a collection, it was just, Tons of VHSs that were just copies of television. Okay. If movies we rented, we would copy. My dad even had like a print. I've talked about it before in the podcast. Where he would have a printout, so he would have a number. You could just look up oh, alphabetically wow. and find where it is. Were you number. a family that you weren't allowed to watch that much television or we not had, necessarily? Not necessarily at all because once I started getting older, I mean, we were a Simpsons family. I used to watch Simpsons all the time. Not just on Sundays when the new yeah. episode would come out, but like the reruns immediately after school. Yeah. Um, I think just for some reason, my Sesame um, Street experience was these copies that I think were passed down. Interesting. And so, so probably my brothers grew up with Sesame Street more so. Yeah. And so when I came up with it, it was just watching these tapes over and over again <laughs> the on VH. same episodes. Same episodes, but I yeah. loved them. So that was where I... I don't ever remember, and I could be wrong, but I don't ever remember coming home or like and watching that specifically. Yeah. I remember watching the VHSs a lot, and yeah, tell is it Tully, Tully or Telly? I think it's Telly. I always yeah feel yeah. like I'm just saying it wrong for some reason. I don't know why he always was my favorite. I think it's like a, it always in some ways is like a psychological test. <laughs> I think you yeah, said um, yeah, like who you I. Who? Love to this day, Ernie. Yeah. I think Ernie is such a little stinker, and I think he's so funny. I love his relationship with Bert. I think in some ways, everyone has a little bit of Ernie, a little bit of Bert, and the percentages that you have makes up who you are. Like, are you a stick in the mud who has to be responsible, or are you in a bathtub with a saxophone and a rubber yeah. ducky? But I, yeah, I always loved Ernie. He's so funny. His laugh is iconic to me. Yeah, they're just... <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah, I yeah he was my that's that's my guy. Oh, that's great. I don't tell you, I just love his nervousness. That like we were maybe yeah. that's me, but like that like you said he was a personification of anxiety. And you're probably 100 percent right. Yeah, but he's so. F- I don't know why I just always yeah that gravitated was gravitated to yeah. that character. There's something amusing and true to me about it for some reason. Yeah, I just love how he's just like oh, I don't know if this is gonna work out, and I like I think that is. You're probably 100% right, because yeah. I still feel like that's me today. That's so like, funny, Like, even yeah. in the things I succeed at, I'm still, there's always a little bit of me that goes, I don't know if anybody really ah. likes this. Like, even, on, you can walk up to me like, I love what you just did, yeah, or this thing like, you did. Oh. I would be like, thank you, but in my head I'm going, I don't know if that's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I think in some ways, I think I, like, there's even, I think, a silliness, I think, uh, to, I love, I think, in some ways, being with kids, because you can be so silly. 
Right. And I think that, like, the three-year-old Annie specifically, we, that, like, how silly she is and how silly you can be with kids without people being like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love, love just, like, Ernie's silliness. I think my mom was very silly. Oh, that's great. Um, this is a small thing. I was, I'm, like, remembering Sesame Street even memories, but my mom used to explain time to me of, like, how long, to all of my siblings, mm-hmm. car trips would be in terms of Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. So, if... A trip was going to be an hour and a half. She would say it's one Sesame Street and one Mr. Rogers. Oh, wow. Because Sesame Street was an hour and Mr. Rogers was a half an hour. So she would... If so, I like didn't even trip, realize that's how long Mr. Rogers was? I believe Wait, it was a half an hour. Half an hour. And then Sesame Street was always an hour? I believe. I didn't know that. I could be wrong, but I think that that's what it was. I remember it was just like, it's two Sesame Streets and one Mr. Rogers. Of like, that was my understanding of time. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can get that. That's such a funny little like uh, system that your mom like yeah. came up to be like be like they get it we can call yeah them. yeah that's because we'll it was like, them with time oh okay I I understand about how long that is that's um, so funny it's a, yeah. it's a cute mom I'm gonna say your mom sounds very cute <laughs> Take as a that, mother that like, little thing yeah um, <laughs> I also did you like Mr. Rogers growing up no and um I think I appreciate him now as an adult more than I do as a child because I think it was all the other. I didn't. I never really sat down. I think I missed it a little because my yeah. brother talks about how much he liked him growing up. One of my, because my I have three older brothers, and they there's a big gap between me and them. Yeah. Even though I have a good relationship with them now, but I think that was their thing. And then yeah. mine, I was just like, this is there's something about this. This doesn't. It seemed boring when I was yeah. growing up. To me, it was too slow. Yeah. When I was, and I the same. I now think he is a. He may be the only true saint of the world. Oh, I've never I heard a bad story of him. I've never heard anything but like the most endearing, sweet stories. He's from Pittsburgh, and it was filmed in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And it, because of that, I had a weird, like, confusing period of time where I was like, when I was little, because that was filmed in Pittsburgh, and because I knew people who went to school with the actor who played Mr. McFeely, I was like, oh, all television is made in Pittsburgh. All television is Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then I was like, people were like, no, there's television that's not in Pittsburgh. And I was like, okay, well, then have other people heard of Mr. Rogers? Yes. Well, then what's going on? Like, that was so <laughs> that confusing to me. your world open for Yeah, because one of my first television experiences was filmed in Pittsburgh. So I was like, then all of it is. Yeah. And I was always like, I always had a thing too confusing of just like, does everybody know about X? Because you would meet like a cousin and they'd be like, no, I don't know about that show. Yeah. Especially with PBS because there's so much local stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mr. Rogers to me, I was like, this guy's too slow and he's too, yeah. I thought like make, like the make believe land was like kind of corny. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think that I've heard other people talk about it recently that I don't think that ever, it hasn't hold, it doesn't hold up anymore. Yeah. Only thing that really holds up and makes it great is still just his segments. Yeah. I think he, the way he was able to teach and be so patient with everything and his clarity, I think because I think they were on Netflix recently, or they might yeah, still. Yeah. I just pushed it play one day because uh, I was like, I just want to see what this was again. And I was like, Oh my god! Like I get why this thing is so amazing. It is warm <laughs> and inviting, and if you didn't have even, a, I think there's like quotes where you just like, I want to talk to a kid and have a nice adult talk to a kid mm-hmm. in case some kid doesn't have a nice adult to talk to him. And it is like, oh yeah, I could see that being very comforting of a man comes in, you're in his house, changes his shoes, and he just, he just talks about his fish. Yeah. And he just says, you're special. And yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, I could see that being and, important. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of like why we, I love that. I like when adults 
talk to don't dumb down for kids. Yeah. Like I like adults that are willing to get silly, but then also when they need to talk to kids, they don't like dumb it down. Yeah. They just talk to them as if like I just the way I'm gonna I'm just gonna talk to you flat out. If you don't get it, I'm gonna have to try to make you get yeah. understand it. Like that's how I try with my nephews and nieces. I'm just like, no, I'm not I'm just gonna act if I'm gonna talk to you, like I know I have to censor certain stuff. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Mr. like, yeah, well, let's get crude or something it like that. It can be hard to explain things to kids though. Yeah. And- but I, I agree with that. But a lot of times I just go, if I if I don't get it, I'm just I'm the uncle. I'm not gonna try. Yeah, yeah. In some ways you leave them with a lesson and you let them think about it and sometimes I'm like with the three-year-old like when we're driving it'll be interesting conversations of why does this kind of thing happen yeah and sometimes it's hard especially when you don't those aren't your kids to teach lessons because there's some things where it's like this is what I believe but I don't know what your parents want yeah. but they these kids were not raised religious so sometimes they'll even say things about like Someone said something about God. What's God? And it's just like, oh, how, do, how do you start there? And I don't, I'm not religious anymore. So to me, it's just like, I don't even know how do I even spend I wouldn't even know how to approach it. But they did say one time we were watching the Prince of Egypt recently and the three-year-old said like, Moses parted the Red Sea. And she goes, I want you to do that for me. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. So did you try? Well, yeah, I was like, oh, I can't because that's a miracle. And she was like, I was like, do you know what that is? And she was like, no. And the way I described it was, uh, it's like a magic trick from the sky. <laughs> what a great way to just because describe I was a like, miracle. She doesn't really, the parents aren't like anti-God, but it's just not really, the grandma is like one of them. Really? Uh, the grandma said their grandma is like, comically like she can be very blunt mm-hmm. and in a way that like I love in some ways she's just not sensitive she doesn't mm-hmm. mean to ever be mean but sometimes you just have to say to her, her name is Cathay not like Kathy said weird but Cathay <laughs> but um, sometimes you just she'll be like why don't you go downtown with the kids and take this and that and I'll be like oh I don't want to do that and she'll be like you should really take the metro downtown with the kids and I'll just have to go Cathay we're not doing that <laughs> and she'll just go Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um, but one time we were driving in the car and she was talking about how much she hates religion and everything like that. She's like, I just don't have the religious gene. I just don't believe in it. She had this uh, lady who came from El Salvador who she kind of in some ways like brought into the family. And she mm-hmm. believes that that lady got like really bamboozled by a church who said they could do stuff and took a bunch of her money but never went through with it. Like I think there are a lot of like churches that like yeah. will take advantage of immigrants because it's just like you have – you came here legally. You have – you want hope you think you can do stuff whatever yeah so that's especially another reason why she doesn't believe in it but she said one time grow up there's no daddy in the sky (laughs) (laughs) what a great way to say it and I was like and it was that was as someone who was raised religious even that felt so blunt but also like she was just like everybody with this religion is just so insane to me just grow up there's no daddy in the sky I love that and I was like oh god yeah what a funny like so blunt of a way yeah, to say, to say it. it. You know, dad, I'd like to like just to hear her say that to somebody that's actually like trying, like one of those like street preachers. Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. there's no daddy in the sky. Yeah. Just to see their response. But especially coming from an older woman, you don't get that as much. Yeah, you'd think generationally she would be more, because that's how I feel. Like, I grew up Mormon. What did you grow up? Catholic. Catholic, yeah. So, I mean, even though all of Catholicism and like... Christianity will say we're not Christian. We're we're Christian. It's weird. <laughs> well, I um, but, yeah, because I mean that's all it is. But I, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, so it, it was interesting. I never the idea that Catholics weren't Christian. That had never no one had ever said that to me until I literally went to the South. 
for college and overheard mm-hmm. someone saying, it's so, it's too bad Catholics aren't Christian. And I, that was the first time I'd ever been hit with anyone thinking that. Yeah. Do you think Catholics aren't Christian? Or you just think that you just know some Christians don't believe Catholics yeah, are Christian? Yeah, but Mormons are told not, we're told we're not Christian either. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I, and like, I didn't even realize that I thought Catholics were considered Christians. So I think Christianity is such a weird yeah, thing yeah. where to I'm To me, like, it's like, do you believe in Christ? I guess that makes you a Christian. Christian but then people say you don't. And it's yeah, like, I, I, don't guess, get, I don't get any of your rules. Yeah, who is... <laughs> and in some ways, it's just like, who is making this, like, gr- like this membership and who is denying it? Yeah, it's, yeah, very, it's very weird. It's like, give us cards if we're going to be this... Like, yeah, yeah. Like, strict about it. Yeah, yeah. But I, my, my thought is, like... Growing up, looking back and growing up Mormon and going through Christianity, and I'm definitely in a spot where I'm like, I don't believe any of this anymore. I, um, but regardless of that, I was like, right now I have the thought of like, here, the best question would be like, I would rather, if I ever have kids, I would rather raise them on Sesame Street than I would ever within a religion. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I wonder what will happen with holidays. Because I was so much raised, I knew I had friends who would go to church on Christmas and Easter, but mm-hmm. weren't really that religious. It wasn't really part of their life, and so holidays were, you know, like Christian light. Yeah, but uh, holidays were so like it's it blows my mind that people who aren't religious will die Easter eggs even. Like Easter yeah. to me was so religious. It was so Jesus on the cross. It was so on Friday he died for three hours between these hours, and we weren't allowed to go outside, and we weren't allowed wow. to eat, and we weren't allowed to watch tv and like all of that was all centered around religion and it'll be interesting to see and matt is jewish my boyfriend so i've even like he has such a different experience but it is of like how will i explain what christmas is right because it's a i I, you're totally right because i don't think even if i leave as i leave religion behind there's those traditions that i will will want to keep yeah christmas can't go away yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas is such... the best thing in the whole world. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care that it has to do with all the other stuff, yeah. but like, I'm like the act of the decorations, the giving, yes. all of that, of uh, like peace. Yes. It's like that idea is like, yeah, we got to have that. That's fun. Like, yeah. there's something that there's a lesson to be taught in that every year that's positive. I think that to me, I would, I will not raise my kids religious. I think I will treat Catholicism as almost like this was part of mom's heritage. So you need to learn about this because this is what my childhood was. Cause so much of my childhood was centered around mm-hmm. going to church, religious holidays and things. So almost of like, and I never really like gravitated to, I never really felt Irish even though I am very Irish, I never felt anything mm-hmm. like that. And I grew up with a lot of Indians, like from the country of India, oh. um, because Pittsburgh has very interesting demographics. And I grew up with a lot of like Asians and they were like first generation Indians. So they're like parents could speak Gujarati or Hindi or whatever. And their grandparents, you know, exclusively a lot of times, you know, spoke Punjabi or whatever. And I like was like, I don't have that. And it wasn't until like reading even Angel's Ashes to being like, oh, I'm Catholic. That's my heritage. That's so funny you had to read that book. Yeah, well, even in, like, the way that, like, Jews would be like, oh, I'm culturally Jewish. Like, in a lot of ways, I feel culturally Catholic. I can see that. I mean, that's why, like, uh, with Mormonism, for me, there's things—for the longest time, I was like, oh, I don't practice, but I'm not going to go officially, like, remove 
my record, my name from their records or anything like that. And I that. don't even know so much about like Mormonism. Like, what does that mean? You remove from the record? Like, in a sense, say I'm no longer Mormon. Like, you have to go like officially do. You can officially do that. It's a process that you have to do. Um, I I know people that have done it where they're just like, hey, I want nothing. Like, I don't want to be associated with. So this. So you go someplace and there's like a you they have to delete like, you from a database. Yeah, it's pretty much removing you from a database. <laughs> like, it's insane. Yeah, which I will. I I would. I don't. I might edit this out. I don't know because I do want to do it, but I don't want to do it while my parent, my two parents are alive. Are your parents still in it? The, yeah, they're very like. And the thing is, like with it, it's like this. Like I'm trying to equate it to what we just watched. Mormonism and, a little bit scares me. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, so much. I think big, so, but so much religion. Big, just big religion to yeah, me. Yeah, um, is like big business to me. And it's scary. I yeah. don't. I don't trust it. I don't like. What it, the seed that started out as okay has just grown into such yes. a monster that I don't like it and I yeah, want nothing yeah, yeah. to do with it. And essentially, it's, um, but there's weirdly, there's things that I'm like, oh, this part of me that I like came in a weird way from that source. So even though I can't completely throw it out, it's like, well, I have to, damn it, this thing taught yeah. me to be a good person. Yeah. It's just the bigger part of it, I want nothing to do. And it is, it's, uh, yeah, and like you said, raising your kids on Sesame Street, I do think that there's, like, when I was younger, I, like, had this, uh, the first time I ever met someone who was atheist was in sixth grade, and in my mm-hmm. mind, I was like, I don't know why she's not murdering us right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't know <laughs> what's is... keeping Alex from doing anything nice. But then you watch something like this, and it's like, it has nothing to do with that. It's just humanity. Yeah, and, like... like and, and that's almost the thing I think religion is tough. It's just like it teaches you you can't be good unless you have religion. The only thing that's, that's keeping us like. in line is a fear of hell and a love of Christ or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's a reward. Or whatever. Yeah. It's almost like if we set these out, we get a reward. Whereas like something like Sesame Street is teaching you, hey, there, this is way profound to say in a weird way, a cheesy way. It's like Sesame Street is more <laughs> – this is such a – weird statement to make yeah. on this is like I think whatever the lessons that Christ taught is they're so distorted to this point yeah. but I think Sesame Street is more on track with what if, if there was a Christ yeah. because they're teaching you in well, it's these a commune of a community of people who yes. look out for each other and who people who be, like will help each other and people who believe of like just be nice and it's not vengeful and it's it's all yeah it's it, you could see it as like a a Christian utopia not yes. even Christian but like Christian in the sense of what Christ was preaching. Yes, and the reward is now. If I am nice to you now, I get a reward by just being nice. And, and, and the, what the reward you is now. friendship and a good yeah. life. And that it's not this it's other thing. It's the harmony thing. of Sesame Street. Yes. And in some ways, when I mean, this is all, everything is silly, but when Big Bird <laughs> left Sesame Street, it was just like that had... It changed the fabric of Sesame Street mm-hmm. because, you know, a part of it was leaving. And this, even this idea that, I mean, it was a little bit heavy handed in part because it's a kid's movie. But this idea of you have to be with your own kind to be happy, to be in a family. And this I, a lesson of, no, you don't have to be with your own kind. We have all kinds and we're all happy and we're all living harmoniously. Yeah. I think it's a big a big thing statement for Sesame Street to make, which is great because isn't that we're still struggling with that. And, yeah. and it's dude, we're such in a modern world and we still struggle yeah. with the idea of allowing our ourselves to integrate with each other and yeah. be harmonious with it. It's, it's a, yeah, it's insane. Watching that I did have this feeling of like 
so many neighborhoods are in a sense segregated, you know, de facto or de jure, like, you know, is it that housing prices or how much is it? But it is like, oh, there are parts of LA where you're kind of like, I'm surprised a lot that like there, you don't see as many like black people just like even walking through Hollywood. No, that, you like, don't. That it is it's just kind of like, but you'll go to the people I named for Cathay lives in um, a part of uh, L.A., which is like it colloquially termed Black Beverly Hills. Okay. They live in an all black neighborhood. And I was like, house that there. And in some ways it, I've had like gone on a run and I'm like, wow, this is what it feels like to be the only person of your race. Because yeah. I'll go for a run and it's an all black middle class, upper middle class neighborhood of just like, oh, and you feel different and you feel worried I'm like am I being judged I'm, I'm like oh this is what somebody who's a you know uh like it's weird to say a minority because that's not a type of person but someone who isn't white being in a white neighborhood yeah, or, white school right. or white theater being like oh I'm the only different one because yeah. different in the sense of what everybody else is and I think it's like it's interesting that for us being white like we should, in a sense, be putting ourselves in a weird way in those positions to yeah. understand better. Yeah. And it's good that you had that. Because the only thing I can think of closest to that is one time before Los Globos became just like a typical club in L.A., yeah. it used to be a strictly Latino club. Oh, interesting. And one night, me, Anthony Gio, and this guy named Colin Whitman, one night we're hanging out across and we're like, you know what? Let's try to go to that club. Let's ah. just try to go. Yeah. And we were not allowed in. They flat out looked at us. There was like there was like a Latino, two Latino officers, and a, like the guy that was like running the, the yeah. door. And they were like, "Sorry, man, not for you." And we we're like, "Book, we can get in, right?" Like, no, not for you. And they pointed across the street to an old bar. I can't. I think it was like Skunks or yeah. I can't remember the name. And they're like, "That is your bar." Yeah. And that was like we walked away going. There's so many people that do that feel this feeling every day, yeah, and this is the first time we're feeling. It. I think in some ways it's just like you freak. As a white person, you think the whole world's mine. <laughs> you don't mean for, to. You don't, but but it's so ingrained been, in yes. like the whole world is mine. This whole world is my playground. What do you mean I can't go in that club right. if I wanted to? I get to go anywhere kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I had an incident and I uh, was in Pittsburgh for my brother's wedding and Matt and I were walking, we were staying at my sister's house and there's like a neighborhood that is like, um, we literally by 20 minutes missed a double homicide, like, oh but I didn't God. realize that it wasn't a great neighborhood. Right. Um, so we just were walking and it, everything looked nice or whatever, but we were walking back. Some like 14 year old kid was like, get those honkies. And that was the first time I had ever <laughs> felt nervous and then some other kid was like yeah get out of here get those honkies or whatever and some other matt said some other person on the porch some lady was just like leave them alone and i didn't hear that part but i just like was like oh i'm sure they're talking about us because not that many people on the street and i had said one time that like there's nothing you could call me that would make me feel scared but in that moment of this is a black neighborhood someone aggressively just said get those honkies yeah. i was like Oh, I don't feel safe right now, and I don't know what to do. And I think if they would have come closer, I would have been like, "Ah, oh, come on, man, I'm sorry." Like, but it was just like, "Oh, I've never felt that never, but like mostly haven't felt fear for just being white." And I was like, "Oh boy, this is not as feeling are, I yeah. feel." Yeah, there are places that that can happen. Yeah, and it's just like, "Oh yeah," to put yourself in that pos position, which I mean, I think everybody should have just not like yeah, a dangerous I, position. Like, don't, but, yeah, don't go. 
don't go be an idiot and yeah. try to get yourself killed, but to actually allow yourself to be, to know what that to feels like. To be a might, minority. Yeah, to be a minority will give you, I think, a better understanding. Do I know how to do that? Everyone? No, uh, I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm yeah, living yeah. in fucking Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very interesting. But with that thing, I mean, getting back to Sesame Street and what and why we're, we're bringing all this up is that they were just like, hey, we're throwing everything in here. Yeah. Like they never, there was, from the beginning, Sesame Street was never like, oh, we're only speaking to this sort of demographic. It was like, we're trying to speak to every child. Yeah. And I almost wonder if part of that is just like, because it's from PBS and because this is a channel that if you have a television, you will get. Yeah. Because even if you didn't have a, a cable hookup, you could get PBS, CBS, NBC, ABC. Kind of thing, Fox. Yeah. So it's just like everyone can watch this. This is already a democratization of TV. So it's just like you could live in a nice part of Vermont, a bad part of Mississippi, or whatever, and you will probably get this show. Yeah. But yeah, so it was just like, and we're gonna we're gonna do it so that everyone feels that they can see themselves in this world. Yeah, it's so funny. It's something so simple. And, 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 and on a network that's not built for making money. Yeah. Right? It's built just to educate and to get out to the world. And they can easily go like, you know what? We need to make this for so many people that they can see themselves. Yeah. But we still live in a world where we have a multi-billion dollar business that can't get behind the yeah. idea of... Diverse uh, casting. Diversity cast, diverse casting. It, like, that's insane to me. I think in some ways it's somebody, I don't know if what I had read that said this, but it's just like, it's, there are studies that say that a diverse cast will make more money. It should. It should. And that if you just make the cast diverse without it being like tokenism, that it, where Ugh. it's not like all white and one Asia guy yes. or like, you know, that it's like, where it's not like, okay, but it is, that cast was just like, I never thought twice about the cast of Sesame Street as a kid because it was just presented to me of this is this world. Yeah. And I think that, like, in part, especially the more that, like, this country is getting kind of just like, you know, the Latino population is growing and everything like that, that it's like, oh, this is more of what we see when we go out in the world, then the more it makes more sense to have it, that it's like, oh, so now you see movies and you're like, why are there just... Like, girls are just like, what part of Brooklyn are they in where there's no black people? Like, yeah. Where it's just a bunch of white people. And it's like, oh, that's becoming more egregious and more, like, weird to see. Yeah. And, I, I, and like, why can't we just write a character and then just throw in a diverse casting? Why does it have to be like, we got to explain why they're here? Like yeah, they, over, yeah. they overly explain, like you were saying. And I'm just like, why can't they just be, why can't you just write a character and be like, eh, just, yeah. they happen to be this. Or one in like a... A when a, a book gets adapted, where like when Rue was black in Hunger Games, where they're just like, what? It's just yeah, like, like stop. Oh, it did nothing to the character that the, that character wasn't white. No, it didn't do anything. Because it, yeah, but it is. It's this article was just saying like all these studies have shown, all these things have shown. It's just like at some point, it's just racist. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I like, think totally. Is. At what point do you keep making excuses and keep? 
We were watching um, like an OJ documentary yesterday, and that I think it's like I think that in some people they have it in their minds of something's racist if a person we know someone at a Klan rally is racist. <laughs> like we can get that, but sometimes when somebody will say like, "Well, look, it's just that X race does this, and we can't hire X race and this and that," it's just like. And then in the same breath, say, "But no, I'm not racist." It's like, oh, there's this dis- cognitive dissonance of like. Well, you're saying racist things and you're believing racist things. Why are you not racist? Yeah. Why do you believe that, like, you're okay with that? Yeah. Like, or why that it's like. Yeah. That. How can you have all the attributes of a daisy but not be a daisy? (laughs) Yeah. You just acknowledge what you are. Yeah. And in some ways, I almost feel like everyone should just admit they are racist and then let's work backwards. Because it's just like, if you sling that person as racist, it's just like, well, that person has green skin. It's just like, oh, everybody harbors racist tendencies. Let's work back and try to erase it is them. Because really, it all comes from just not understanding. Yes, everyone holds And if you have to acknowledge, you do, not under, you do not fully understand a culture or a different ethnic group. If you, if you, I think too many people do come at the end in it going like, I get it. I'm not racist because I get what they are. And you're like, no, that's, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, made yeah. yourself like. You just made that <laughs> assumption and that generalization. Generalization. And, Therefore you are racist. You're right. Like yeah. we all are, we're all harboring and it because we just don't unfully understand. Everything. Yeah. In some ways I like, I've thought a lot. It's like, it's more damning to call someone racist or be called a racist than to do racist things. <laughs> but like that somehow, like that label will be like, no, people will fight that very hard. Hard, yeah, but not fight all the like the actions that are racist. Yeah, but it's like that label is so much just like whoa, no, and it's like, well, did you do X, Y, and Z? Then you did it. Just yeah. to acknowledge it, and then now, as you said, work at not doing that anymore. Yeah, but it is. It's a hard. I think it is. It's one of the. It's the most touchy thing, and everybody. It's it's so weird that everyone thinks it's not doesn't it, like the whole just simple battle if it doesn't exist or not anymore. You're like, of yeah, course it does. Of course it does. And I also wonder. If, I think, and I love history, and I love. I when I was younger, I loved America. It sounds so silly to say, but the Fourth of July was my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> I remember, like, to the extent of like praying to the American flag, like, oh, wow. just like thinking America was so great. And this myth of America, in part because I loved history, or know which one came first, of like, and we're the shining city on the hill, and we're the only ones doing it right. And the more I like, even wake up, of just like, oh, when did we do it right? We didn't do it right through the 60s we're not doing it right now like when did how do we get it's just like this pr propaganda of and i think it's it hurts us because it makes us all believe we are not racist we are doing it right we are a melting pot we are the land of the free and the brave and everybody has a chance if they just work hard like that through line and that thought makes it so that we're like we didn't fix anything this is america there's freedom and it's just like Oh, like that ideology is what hurts us from making changes almost. Whereas like, I know that in like Germany now, because they've had to so hard acknowledge their past, if you wanted to only recently, I think you could buy Mein Kampf before that. If you wanted to see Mein Kampf, you'd have to go to the library and ask. And I think they would like watch you while you looked at it. Or maybe I know that there was a German propaganda film. I had a German TA in college Uh and we watched it and he told us, he was like, if you wanted to watch this movie in Germany, you would have to like write to ask to see it. And then somebody would come with you 
to show this movie and talk with you about it. Because they're, in some ways, are just like, it's the never again thing. Whether yeah. they're worried that Nazism will rise up again or whether they're worried that, like, well, we need to educate people about this past. Yeah. It's just like, you can't just, wild, you just can't readily but, see. Wow. That's amazing because in our education, we talk, you are educated about, like, slavery and stuff. Yeah. But it's so, in a weird way, whitewashed that... Glossed over. It's glossed over to the point where we just move, we quickly usher to the point of, like, then we we abolished it. And, and everything, everything was fine. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. no. There was so many years of people that we revere in our history yes. books that were part of a terrible thing. Yeah. And you got to show both sides, like you're saying, to learn it all. Yes. And I, I can, I, I'm going to bring it back to Sesame Street. <laughs> That, like, it's amazing that they're, like, like you said, I mean, we're both not edu- uh, caught up on what the lore is of yeah. Sesame Street that's now on HBO, which uh. is weird to me. <laughs> but if they're, they're literally like, hey, the world, they were, like, constantly just staying with the world as it yeah. changed. Because if they have a character like HIV, a character with a mother with HIV, they're not, it's not, like... Heavy-handed in my sense. It's just like that's what's in the world. Yes, we have to represent it. And I think in the, I don't know if it's. I think that that either that character is not yet on the TV show or is only in the TV show in where it airs in Africa or something like that. But um, I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, every once in a while there will be like now there's this one who only speaks Spanish or now you know yeah. that it is just kind of like oh wow this show is like ahead of its time of like we gotta like. We gotta think about these things. Yeah, whereas like in our traditional American education, we again like we kind of gloss over, we move past, we don't really fully represent it like that way. Whereas like a show like Sesame Street in this movie is going, no, we just have to present it as it is. We can do it in this way for children and entertainment with gags, but it's like we're still putting a a real clear like view a view of kids to look at the world in a bit a bigger sense than just themselves. Because in some ways you have to, uh, a child comes in with a tabula rasa just blank, and you narrow their view. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you, 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 you take it so that it's you know they're seeing everything until they're seeing just this. Mm-hmm. And Sesame Street, in some ways, is kind of like let's make sh- let's see how unnarrow we can be with this. And yeah, it's yeah, it's, so many things are interesting. I think even like there's so many like. Sketches from Sesame Street that to this day I'll find myself like humming or thinking about her. There was this one, and I'm not sure who the, the singer was, whether it was like Roberta Flack or somebody, but do you remember the, the sketch, How I Miss My Ex? No. There's this woman in a nightclub singing the song about how she misses her ex. And it's the letter X, it's right? It's the personification. I think I yes. do now remember. It's her, her ex, you know, uh, partner she misses, but also at the end, this letter X is in the crowd. She's like, "Oh, X, come back to me." Kind of thing like that. I'm like, "That's so clever." That's so many. Cl- that's so clever, and it's so layered. Yeah, that's something that's so universal. Of somebody has gone away, and then wanting them back. Yeah, that um, you will take with you as a kid if you. Yeah, and so I remember there was a song like "Coo Operation," like "Coo Operation makes it happen." Coo Operation, <laughs> working that. together. The, uh, the one thing I always catch myself occasionally doing is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12 ladybugs at the ladybugs oh yeah, yeah yeah i remember that cartoon and i love it still to this day it's like the funniest yeah. thing to me in the world there's another one it's like don't waste water 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 <laughs> like i think about that a lot like those messages of just kind of like 
hey, come on, be good. <laughs> yeah, be great. Like, they... That's all they wanted. We're trying to do is just be like, let's just be good to each other. This can work out. Yeah, and it's like, and like as you said, I think utopia is almost not what they were going for because, and I'll, I'll and the way I say this is because utopia to me is always going to be flawed. Like every science fiction yeah. points that out. Like you can't have a utopia. You can't have perfect. Yeah, perfection. so I don't. That's what I like about Sussman. It's just like I don't think they're presenting it as a utopia. They're saying, hey. We can all live together. It yeah. works out. And you're, that's why I think it's great that you have characters like the Grouch and other characters. Yeah, and it's not utopian in part because it's just like, to be utopian would then, for a kid who's just like, things aren't nice, but this world is all nice. Yeah. But it is of like, there are problems in Sesame Street. Yes, they there have are to solve issues them. in Sesame Street. So it's not like, this isn't a perfect world. This is a... I don't know, like a sh- not even a sheltered world, but this is like a version of a world, and this is a best case scenario. If we, if all the adults and all the monsters work to solve it, yeah, what it would you be. work together, yeah, through whatever adversity that gets thrown at you at any yeah. moment, because that's what every week is. It's like, oh, there's a new issue that we got to f- solve or figure out, right? Yeah. What now? I'm almost remembering. Yeah, wasn't it? Was it like it was a week of shows made that you would be like flashbacks from a week or something? That it, I remember it was like, I think it was on four days a week, but that like either they showed the same show for four days. I feel like it might have been like you'd see the. Or they were like, you, it was just like, okay, Monday, the, there was an arc of four days. I can't remember either. I do, I feel like it was like, I know in one day you'd always get the same episode. So I don't, I'm not sure yeah. if that would happen. Th- because it would the play week. the same episode throughout the day, yeah. Yeah, it was always a repeat, and you were like, okay, same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or if it was the same episode every day for a week. Yeah, I would assume that just with these produ- these yeah. kind of mo- these shows. Yeah, yeah, and that's easier to be like kids really learning the thing of like seeing it a bunch of times. Fun. Yeah. And just with PBS and the, the limitations that, unfortunately, like... Yeah, yeah, because uh, the budget pro- of, yeah, pro- yeah, animating things and turning stuff around, yeah. Because you would see even in episodes, they repeat, like, the ping pinball oh, yeah, yeah. and all that. In some ways, it's just like, yeah, we have this story that's going to run through, and then we have these sketches we can place in. Because even, yeah. I think, recently when I would watch it, I was like, oh, that's a sketch from the 70s. Yeah. It's a weird thing of, like, it has kept going, yeah. Past when we've checked in. It's almost like you're high school and you go back and you're like, this person's a teacher now? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. When you have somebody, you're like, oh, you teach. Yeah, yeah. You went to the school and you teach here. That's, okay. so, that's always such the saddest thing to me. When people used to, like, just like, you went here? Now it's just, yeah. move on. <laughs> there is a part of me that doesn't like that. I mean, if they're happy, okay, but there's a lot of times you're like, are you? Yeah, yeah. Or at least go be a teacher in a new area. Go, like... Spread your wings a little bit and, like, educate other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're just in the same town. My younger brother almost, he works as an aide for, like, uh, for a year he was uh, an aide for an autistic kid. And he almost went to my old high school and he was, like, he didn't get that job and he was kind of bummed. But then he was, like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't get that job. Because he would have, he has just graduated from college and it would have been, like, all the teachers just being like, oh, hey, little Matt. Where it's just like, oh, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. supposed to be a teacher now. And no. I'm like, you still think of me as like a sophomore in high school. Kind yeah, of thing. that would be a bummer. That's that would tough. be a big, big bummer. Um, being like, I want to talk to you, like, it was, it's fun to watch these movies. And this is sort of definitely a little left turn from what we were just talking about. But seeing all the fun, like, com- comedy people they got yeah. for these movies, it's similar in the Muppet movie. I remember, like, there's 
Steve Martin and a bunch of people that have their cameos. But it's so cool to like see um, the two guys, all a bunch of Second City people. Yeah. We have John Candy in there has a cameo. Yeah. The two villains of the Sleaze Brothers. Yeah. Uh, I cannot think of their names right now. Dave Thomas and Matt said they don't, but I forget his name. Yeah. They're the dad. I just know him as the dad from Freaks and the Geeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dave Thomas, of course, from Strange Brew, (laughs) which I'm a huge fan of all of that. But I was like... And Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase has his little... Which is weird. I I wanted to look... At this time, was he doing that on SNL? No, because it would have been 85. And, and he, he would have been after he a year, been, I think. Yeah. I think SNL started in 75. Yeah, but that's funny because that's sort it of like... It looked the same it setting. It looks almost exactly the same. Of that's like, why yeah. Of his... Uh, weekend Update. Weekend Update, yeah. And then, of course, we have Sandra Bernhard yeah. is on, in the grudge. I was like, man, I would love... Because we both do comedy and yeah. improv and we're into the sketches. I would love to have been like... Yeah, like in that, and pulled to be in a, like a small role in something like and this. And all the scenes I like, he was pointing out, I was like, I bet this scene was so fun. Oh heck yeah! They're, like them, and they're like doing that weird trying to think like, what they bop, can do. Bop, 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 yeah, they're like bop, doing bop, the bop, like beatboxing. beatboxing of, like, it's yeah, so they're just, terrible. Yeah, I bet they were just like, yeah, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's all improv. It's so yeah. fun. And you know, Sandra's just being herself and being goofy. And yeah, it's like, it's like you can't can... swear, you can't be this, but you're just like, okay, your character is like, she's mean, she's a grouch. Yeah, it's like, great. Great, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, there's. It's funny even watching again, like kid stuff. There'll be moments where a like on Bubble Guppies, this one show. There's like Jeffrey Tambor. I'll be like, that's Jeffrey Tambor's oh, voice. Wow. It's a cartoon or yeah. whatever. So like that's still like happening. And even Yo Gabba Gabba, which the kids I know don't watch anymore. Oh, yeah. But like, there's a segment where like. Someone gets zoomed in to teach a dance, and it's always like, in a lot of ways, like an alt comedian. Oh, cool! Like Sarah Silverman, or like I think Owen Burke was on it one time because there's a picture on Owen Burke's Facebook where he's with Yo Gabba Gabba oh, that people. Makes total sense. So it's like it's even like it's not even where they're getting like Jeff Foxworthy. Like they're getting like these people are tuned into like alternative comedy. Yeah, they do that with music on Yo Gabba Gabba too because I think a bunch of like um, oh, yeah. indie bands have been oh, on like there. Oh, like the Roots and things like yeah. that. Yeah, or like the the Ting Tings I think were on one time. And like, yeah. Yeah, where it is of like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I think – I guess it's just because that generation's just like why not make something that's more tapped into like what's really going on and what's hip right now but make yeah. it for kids because like – and if you're a creator of kid stuff, wouldn't you want to be like, this is what I like. Why not share it with them? Yeah, or like, this is the coolest thing. And I think it's some children's cartoons, I'm like, I want I, that feels – some cartoons I watch, I'm like, I bet that's a writer, comedian or whatever who got a job, but is they don't love it. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's some cartoons where it's just like, that's funny. Like, yeah. there'll be a joke where it's like – there's this cartoon called Peppa Pig that's, I will genuinely be like, that's a funny joke. Or they'll have an aside or they'll have a moment where even like the little baby George Pig will go like, huh? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, it's a funny moment. And like the Bubble Guppies has this one kid, Gil, who's like kind of neurotic and weird. And they were like, one time they were all saying like, and a baby cat is called a kitten and a baby is that. And I forget the specifics of it. But Gil, who's always just a little bit like of a, not a wet blanket, but he's always like kind of an Eeyore-ish character. Mm-hmm. He was just like, a baby clam is called a this. And Mr. Grouper, who's the head fish, just goes, oh, I did not know that. <laughs> like, That's a funny choice. I'm just like, huh. Oh, he goes, huh. I 
did not know that. I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, this weird kid brought up the weirdest thing. I'm just like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, and moving on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like, oh, stuff. that's so funny. And like, I love that. There's a part of me that almost just feels like to create a really good kids movie would be such a dream of mine. Oh. Cause it makes, even watching like this movie is just like, God, if you were a kid who like, a great kids movie like makes you feel things and like cheers you up when you're sick and like means and you watch it again as an adult and like there's certain movies I can tell I didn't see it at the right time uh-huh. because I as an adult when I've watched them I'm like The Princess Bride I watched as an adult and I was like I don't get this I don't understand it I don't think mm-hmm. this is fun but people who love it love it and yeah. I think it's like you see it at a certain time that it's like oh my god this is so great and I I know all the lines and things like that uh, yeah, everybody has different sides yeah. of those. Um, I we haven't talked about. You're talking about like what makes this movie great, is, and you feel stuff is like. I thought all the songs in this were great. Yeah, that first song to me was like, this is so cheesy to say. It was something that was like in my mind. I was really listening. I was like. I should probably have like this on my phone so when I like feel the, bad, yeah, <laughs> that like don't look back, don't yeah. turn around. I was like, that is a good great song dude yeah. something to remind yourself even as an adult especially in what we do to yeah, be like yeah, yeah. just keep doing what you're you doing just keep going because there is no road too hard yeah, <laughs> or road like, too long um yeah i think it's just like even i think that like in some ways you can s- people say like oh millennials got taught this thing of like everyone should follow their dreams and everyone's important and everyone's special and it's just like well grow up kids but part of me is just like is that so crazy of a lesson to teach people that like Hey, even if follow your dreams mean is your dream to be a teacher? Is your dream to go to college? Everyone doesn't have to be like their dream doesn't have to be a rock star. Yeah, it's not nobody's teaching millennials for some reason some down the road everybody's like, like, well we taught them just to be like celebrities. I'm like, that's not that's not I don't what think that's a lesson we that's got not, told. Nobody t- got I yeah. never got told that. Because it was just reality TV wasn't the Kardashians weren't a thing when we were growing up. Yeah. Anyway, if anything the like, the generations growing up now, where RB. anyone can be a Vine star, anyone can be mm-hmm. this, is going to make it just like, well, we all have to do this so we can get a YouTube channel. Yeah, and it's like, Like, no. that's almost a more of a scary thing. But it's like, just of like, hey, things are going to be tough, but there's not going to be something that's too tough. Just keep working. Yeah, I love it. You I, know what I mean? I want to download that song to legitimately have it as, yeah. like, a reminder. <laughs> and part of that, I think it's just like, I think the Hanson Corporation, Hanson Corporation, is... It makes good stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you know, those are good songs. Those aren't like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, ugh, I hate when you hear like, because I'm not a musical guy. Like, yeah. I'm not, meaning I just am not talented enough to make music. <laughs> so it's always a bummer when you do see a song that you're like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Every once in a while, like the kids I know will make me watch like an off-brand Tinkerbell thing. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is so bad. Yeah. Like those are the things where I'm just like, what? This has no heart. This was just pumped out. This is like this song. They probably were just kind of like, you have five minutes go. Yeah. I mean, that's not what it was, but it just feels like, oh, this is like, there's no honor in this yeah. thing. Yeah. Luckily, they, I mean, they, the Hansons, the thing from day one, were always just so, their hearts were 100% in it. Yeah. Have you seen um, the documentary I Am Big Bird, I believe it's called? Oh, no, no, no. You should watch it. I'm one, worried because, because you, of the Elmo one. <laughs> well, the Elmo one, I heard it was, it gets sad. I think it was good, or no, it is a little bit sad in part because that guy can't turn off 
being Elmo. Elmo. Like he goes to his kid's birthday party and he just wants to be Elmo and you can tell his kid doesn't want that. But then also he has afterwards a, he has a, the Elmo guy is It's a not creep. that. Yeah. Okay. I am is sad in the sense that it's like it makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of like and but you know that one guy's been playing Bidber from number day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about that. And they do talk about like a new guy comes in to do certain things. Like he doesn't like apparently now at his age, he's like, I don't want to do green screen stuff, so ah. they have another guy. Which is adorable. Yeah. But Watch that movie. It's one of the most touching documentaries. And the fact that, like, do you know how Big Bird functions? That he has his arm straight up, yeah, right? Which also feels time. like that's so tough. He is in that with no eyesight. What it is, oh, okay. he has, uh, watch the documentary because they go into detail yeah. about this, but he has a monitor strapped to his chest. Oh, okay. That, that's his, so he's looking at everything reversed. He's looking through the camera's view, okay, and then having to do all the movement and everything with it, and it's it's like yeah, and he's the only Muppet that's isolated. So every other Muppet that's on Sesame Street works with other people because they're below and they're they're feeding off of each other. Okay, he's the only isolated one. It's just a brilliant documentary. Yeah, yeah. Even of like a poor old man who has to hold his arm up like yeah. that. Yeah, and it, they show. The progression, which is beautiful. One of the most beautiful things I found in the movie visually is that over the years, because he's played it, you see him age it. So now if you watch Big Bird, he has an arch to his back because it's just a natural over time. That's now how that half guy has to stand just in his old age. And it's just like, that's I even think it's interesting that in this movie they kept talking about he's a six-year-old bird, but that they chose an age for Big Bird. And I guess because they wanted him to be a kid so that when he's like, what? They're not like, oh, this isn't a dim adult. Yeah, I think that is is he's the he's a child because he became one of the most popular characters of all time. Kids love him, and I think yeah. it's because of that, that that he immediately is on their level without question. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, that bird's learning things the way I'm learning them. Yeah, kind of thing. Definitely, because the other adults are there to guide him, and they're like, okay, but, but he's it's always- yeah, it's funny that like, but I Elmo, I guess, is a kid. He is Elmo. I guess I, we just missed that boat. Because Elmo, I'd just go, yeah, you're Elmo, but I have no, it has nothing. Elmo no- definitely has parents. Does he in the show? Well, I think they probably don't show him all the time, but definitely there are books and Elmo oh, has parents. Oh, okay. And it, they look like Elmo's, and but they wear like a, Suits and ties. a hat kind That's of thing so like funny. that. Or like they have a mustache or something like that. Or they <laughs> the mom wears an apron. Like oh. It's always so funny to me when you'll realize that's not a singular creature. That's a type of creature. Yeah. There's some book I was reading at some house that was like where who's the blue one? Uh, not Grover. What? No. Oh, you mean the, the Latino one? That's no, blue? no, no. Not oh. I think that's Zoe. Zoe. There's a like a one who looks like Telly but's blue. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't. I have no clue what it is. That part is not much. But he, I think he's a kid. And there's a book about like where he goes to a park and meets another monster, and that monster is a different color, and then goes to their house, and then then this monster from Sesame Street realizes, oh, not all monsters are blue. Oh, that's a great lesson. Of just like, <laughs> oh, okay, and he went to this house, and things a little bit differently, but yeah. like, oh, this is like a pink monster, and it's like, oh, okay, Telly, or it's not Telly, but this monster didn't realize. That's not like. There's Grover, I forget what, I mean, I'll remember it later, but it's like, oh, not all monsters look like me, but that you do realize of like, oh, 
even in this cartoon, we did a cartoon where it was like, this is what a dad big bird would look like. Yeah. This is what a kid big bird would look like. I like, like that you point out they never, we never did though. He, that's his imagination of what his family would yeah, look like. There's yeah. no talk about what, what, what happened what to happened. Do you think big there's bird. a backstory that's darker that we just don't get told <laughs> about big bird being an orphan? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> of like, in some ways there, cause there is like, you have to suspend certain disbelief of what this neighborhood is because mm-hmm. um, there are kids without parents but then also it's like even there's a crowd scene and there was more kids than parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it is of like what is this world did all the parents have a bunch of kids or are there just some kids who just don't we don't see their parents yeah but I- then also there's something about like in a neighborhood there's a lot of times like you see that kid running around I remember even as a kid being like, there's that kid, there's that kid. And then one day, there's that kid's parents. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't know what those kids' parents look like until just now kind of thing. Yeah. There's kids I think you never met their parents growing up. Yeah. Or You've like you would meet their mom, but you never saw their dad yeah. kind of thing like that. Yeah. Totally. it's like their dad's working and you only saw them during like the day hours mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. That totally makes sense. But there are there was just a crowd scene where I was like, a lot of kids, not a lot of parents. <laughs> not a lot of parents. I mean, those two kids that uh, Big Bird ended up with at a farm – they clearly were running the farm, and the yeah, parents yeah, yeah. would just yell at them to go to bed. Yeah, 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 go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> that maybe that's that that weird backstory is that those the kid, they have lazy parents are just like go to bed already. We don't yeah, want to run yeah. the farm. They're like we have to. These two little kids are like, no, we gotta keep up the fire. Yeah, that also like that. This movie portrayed a very idyllic side of America, and part of it might have been it was like a lot of the heartland. But like these beautiful farms, even seeing those like turkeys individually packed in crates. Yeah, I think treated turkeys really those well. Turkeys in terms of like, oh, turkeys are not transported that well anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like. This is a small farmer. This is, yeah, this is like a barn with a silo and a couple of chickens in an open pen. Yeah. It's just uh, a different world. Very different world. I loved, uh, we'll, we'll be wrapping up soon, but I wanted to talk about like, there, the, 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 we, we talked briefly about it, but there's a lot of great just humor in what they can pull off with just a Muppet. Yes. Like the eyesight's like you're pointing, like the fact that you get... When Big Bird meet from the point where he meets the dodos and on the I fact that love he's a the dodos, they're such a comedic great moment. But it wouldn't work without Big Bird. Yeah, Big Bird straight manning them. He's straight manning them with just eye looks that are just full of contempt. Yeah, you're saying that and just full of what yeah. moments of this? The one moment where Big Bird goes, "Let's play make believe. I'll be Snow White and the two dodo birds who just don't understand anything, Donnie and Marie," which is also a funny I joke. Think it's funny that. Yeah, Donnie Marie, right? Yeah. yeah it's so, so they're exciting. like, well, we're not dwarfs, and you're not Snow White. You're yellow. It's like, okay, but we're playing make-believe. It's just like, I don't get it. It's like, okay, well, it's like, oh, you're pretending? I'll pretend I'm Donnie, and I'll pretend I'm Marie. And, and he just goes, ugh. <laughs> but you've met those kids when you were growing up. Kids yeah. that just didn't want to play, like, anything. Or just didn't get it. Yeah, didn't get it or just like, no. Yeah, I love too that, like, even that they were so, I think as a kid, I thought they were so funny, that moment where they're like, are we on TV? And all the asides, Donnie goes, something to the effect of, I never thought I'd make it. Yeah! (laughs) And then they wander off and Then they go, and this used to kill me as a kid, we're on TV? Then let's go inside and watch ourselves. Yeah, it's so good. It's so funny, like, even as a kid being like, no, then you won't be on TV anymore. Like, uh, that could be a sketch that just keeps going on and yeah, on. And yeah, then yeah, constantly like, going, wait, we have to go back outside. Let's go back inside and watch. There's a TV outside. Let's go see it. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. so much fun to be had there. All the aside, yeah, the, the moment where uh, they go, 
Well, we're home. Told you I could find it. Yeah, that. You're like, <laughs> it's yeah. your house. It's so good. The, the jokes of what a dumb person would say yeah. are always so silly. So funny. I loved that. I loved the introduction of when they're reading the letter from Big Bird, how she the the moving lawnmower gag is so perfect. Yeah, like, yeah. they have a moving lawnmower, and it starts up, and it just drives away. And, and you has- can tell they don't, they don't always know how to use it, <laughs> yeah. but nobody's perfect. <laughs> and then they're gearing up to go swimming, and it comes yeah, driving comes into back. frame. That's that's uh, so funny. Great gag. Yeah, even of just all the like, uh, don't forget to breathe in and out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I never do. Oh, yeah. He tries and to the- pack his his beach ball. Uh, it's so lo- funny. You loved that. You I love lost- that. I thought you lost your mind when you saw that again. Also, he packs multiple ties. <laughs> yeah, multiple ties, which he never wears. He never wears, <laughs> but just in case. Big Bird needed scuba glasses, a book about birds, a comb, multiple ties, and an inflated beach ball. Yeah. And a uh, beautiful wicker suitcase. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful one. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the going back to the dodos real quick, that joke when they're waiting for him at the airport and it was like, is that a big bird? No, that's a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Such a like almost even like Zuckerberg like Zucker brother like joke of just like, yeah, they're like, well, maybe he'll be on the next plane. Yeah, they were that's all Zucker. How do we miss him? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. So many of the jokes are just so they just kill me. Yeah. When he starts singing on the plane. And they all look at him all. They all, like, just straight man him. And in some ways, I guess, it's like you live in a universe where a big bird is possible but still unusual. Yeah. In some ways, it's like the X-Men universe where it's like, we now we live in a world where mutants are possible, but you can still be surprised by a new mutant's powers. Yeah. Like, mm. I was like, oh, that's, like, interesting when you had to figure out, like, okay, what's this world? Does anyone know about Muppets? It's like, yes, people know about Muppets. Mm. But you can still meet a new kind of Muppet yeah. and be surprised by it. And he was just like, they treated him almost like a child, too. Like, as he is, going making noise on a plane, they're like, looking back like, what's your deal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you please be quiet? We're on a plane. It also was like, what a funny, different kind of looking plane. <laughs> yeah. And we fly in. Yeah, with clearly no window, just to make sure we can see the shot. Yeah, I yeah, it was so yeah. funny. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those ones where I think I don't know what I was going to think yeah. when we watched it. Yeah. Because one, it's older. Two, it's for children. But I was like, no, I get why this is yeah. it's a fun Sesame Street movie. Yeah. I want to show it to the kids I nanny and see what they think, especially oh. since they have no they have no concept of Sesame Street, which I would love to me to is hear, a shame. I would love to hear what you, you should give me an update. About. It's funny watching movies with them, especially the three-year-old, because I always want to watch, like, instead of director's commentary, commentary with this three-year-old, because she'll get broad strokes of things, and she'll just go, like, he's sad. <laughs> he's sad because he lost his mommy. And it's like, oh, okay, Kaya. But she'll just be like, he's not feeling good because his friends are being mean. <laughs> like, You're right. Like, wow. it's funny the things that they can get. And I guess part of it is like music does is like an easy thing for kids to like, oh, we get that this music is sad. This music yeah. is happy. This music's exciting. Like, it's like a cue for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is so funny. She'll just be like. Oh, he's angry. <laughs> like, he is angry. That's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, but to close out, I want to ask you a question that has nothing to do with this movie, just to see what your thoughts. Because my 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 podcast, of course, is about the things I will watch anything once. Yes. So it's really just trying to see things that I haven't seen. Are there movies? 
that you, Mary, like avoid? Like, is there movies that you go, no, thank you? Yeah, uh, I uh, don't like watching violence. Okay. So I have had this conversation with people that I can accept that Quentin Tarantino is making films is making interesting things but I don't want to see them. Have you seen a Quentin Tarantino before? I've seen a couple of them and my brother one time when he was visiting made me watch Pulp Fiction because okay. I was like I don't like Quentin Tarantino and he was like well what have you seen? I've seen most of Inglorious Bastards I've seen Django Unchained uh, I've now seen Pulp Fiction um I think that's it. That's still a lot for someone that doesn't want to watch those movies. And maybe it's even like, that's the kind of movie. I don't like gratuitous violence. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino is someone who delights in violence. Yes, he does. Oh, I've seen Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. The mo- the moment when they're dancing around, they're going to cut off the ear. Ooh. I'm like, oh, this is the last thing I want to see. I don't want to watch this. So usually if I'm like, this movie is especially violent, I'm like, I don't need to see it. Okay. And I can recognize that someone could say a Quentin Tarantino is a good movie. I'd just be like, okay, it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, it's just not for you, and that's the thing you don't want to sit through. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm like, oh, I'm not, this isn't for me. Yeah, I can, I hear you. Because um, I do the thing with scary movies. Okay, I know, yeah, a lot of people It takes me a lot. Like, there, there are movies I will go out of the way, I will see eventually, but I will avoid them for quite a while yeah. like I'd be like and people are like why I'm like one they'll, they're gonna scare me like, okay. will I they do, stay with you no I just know I'm going to be scared no matter what during them and that's not a fun yeah like other people get fun from yes, that yes yes I don't. love scary movies I do not derive any fun from being scared it just makes me like I, I'm okay with if there's a certain movie I'll sit through and I'm like great you did a good job of doing that yeah 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 well done I can acknowledge that you did that well I just don't want to yeah. feel that feeling and I can watch like cartoonish violence like superhero violence but uh-huh. one time we were watching I think it was Donnie Darko not Donnie Darko uh, I get these mixed up but um, that one movie about that guy who goes undercover for in the mob uh D- D- Donnie Brasco Donnie Brasco. Um, we were watching it and I asked Matt beforehand, I was like, does this movie have violence in it? And he was like, uh, no, not really. And there was a scene where like, in mob movies will do this a lot, where they'll just like beat a person up until their head's kicked in. Yeah. Well, they cut a guy up in that movie. Yeah. And that might've been one of the parts where like, when it was happening, I was like, we need to turn this off. I don't want to watch this. You tricked me. And he was like, oh, just turn away. And I was like, I don't want to keep watching this movie. And yeah. And then like, there, I think there, you'd lose something turning away. Cause now you have eliminated your, like... And I, you have all the right to turn away, but I would feel like you're now missing out on what the intention of the movie was. So why not just and not watch it? And I can understand there is a place of violence in movies where it is, I'm showing you how bad this human is. Yeah. But so often I'm just like, oh, I'm not, I don't want to see this. Yeah, but sometimes I, 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 I even though I'm a person that's fine with violence, I'm going to like side with you. You're like, now quoted as that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm a person okay with, okay with violence. In movies. In movies. In movies. But, um, but I can understand because there's a time like right now. You watch Game of Thrones? I don't, know. You shouldn't. It's violent. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a character that I absolutely can't stand and I wish they would just stop with his arc right now. Yeah. Because it just feels like it's the same violent thing over and yeah. over. And I'm like, I get it. I get this guy is bad. 
each new violent thing you make him hasn't do hasn't revealed it, more yeah, bad. It has not shown anything yes. new about this character that I'm just like, I don't care. Stop doing it. And I think it's, and a, I like it's the show, gratuitous but, stuff, especially where it's just kind of like, oh, like this didn't further the plot. This didn't give character development. This didn't, you know, like, especially where I'm like, I think Quentin Tarantino loves playing in that. Oh, he looked Where it's 100%. like, oh, this person didn't just get shot there, like, head got cut off. Yeah. And we, it kept on frame for a second. I'm just like, oh, I don't need to see this. And I think sometimes, like, yeah, but Django Unchained, it was like, it was all the slave owners, so it was this justice. I'm like, yes, I agree with that, but it's like, oh, I just don't want to watch it. Yeah. That's, I think it's valid. Yeah. And I think sometimes people will try to argue with me over, whether I should like Quentin Tarantino. It's like, this is like whether I like chocolate or not. <laughs> yeah, like, leave it alone. You get change my tastes. Yeah, I'm I'm a big proponent of like talking about movies, but I hate when they become, as soon as it becomes like a battle of who's going to be like changing tastes or yeah, be right, yeah. I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to have this conversation yeah, 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 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can show me how, like you can illuminate me, you can enlighten me of this is the thing maybe you missed. Oh, that's Where a sometimes good it's just like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that movie being that, like, having that much depth. Yes. I but, like yeah, it is. At some point, it's just like, you can't make me like sushi if I don't like sushi. <laughs> My tastes Mary, don't work. you don't have to eat sushi if you yeah. don't want oh, to. Oh, I love sushi. But, you know, that being a taste. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, thank you, Mary. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It was a pleasure. Thanks for introducing Follow That Bird to me. Now you know it. <laughs> If you want more from Mary Sasson, you can follow her on Twitter at Mary Sasson. It's M-A-R-Y-S-A-S-S-O-N. As well as you can check her out with one of the best improv teams at UCB in Los Angeles. Her She plays with the team Winslow in their show Winslow Fuck, Mary Kill every Friday night at UCB Franklin at 9.30 paired with another great team, Soundtrack. So definitely check her and her great team out every Friday, 9.30 at UCB Franklin. If you're enjoying I Will Watch Anything Once, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, as well as follow me on Twitter and Instagram at IWWAO, as well as I have a Tumblr and a Facebook page. The Tumblr's I Will Watch Anything Once tumblr.com if you have a movie that you'd like me to watch and discuss on the podcast please email me at I will watch anything once at gmail.com I will look through those um, suggestions watch those movies and talk about them most likely in the intro or the outro um, of the podcast I look forward to hearing from the listeners and what they think I should watch and you can support all the podcasts and the artists with Boardwalk Audio by going on to the website at BoardwalkAudio.com and click on that button that says support our artists. That will send you over to Amazon.com. You just do your normal shopping and a small kickback will be sent over to us at Boardwalk Audio. It doesn't cost you anything, but it's a great way to support all the great podcasts on the Boardwalk Audio Network. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. I mean, I haven't watched any of the... I think I started to watch one on the HBO Go, but then I, I just ran out of time. And that was Is it fun. not on PBS at all anymore? It's just know. also on HBO. Re- I wanted to research that, and I haven't.
because I was making jokes. It's like, oh, so you have to be rich now to watch. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, like I you need will, a subscription. Uh, like I'll be very on. It'd be very unfortunate to yeah. if it's not on PBS and HBO. I bet it's at least. I bet they allow free clips of it on YouTube or something like that. That, that's not good enough for me it needs to just be available to everybody yeah 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 just streaming throughout the streets yes. <laughs> this has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast for more information and shows visit BoardwalkAudio.com don't forget to rate and subscribe now